Hey, this is Mitch Malloy, and you're listening to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. You're listening to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus, changing rock and roll history one podcast at a time. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Lou Lombardi, a.k.a. Ludini, and today we've got another great artist story with Mitch Malloy. Uh, Mitch has... Uh, has had a wild ride in the music business. Uh, he's a great singer, songwriter, producer, a live performer as well, just a dynamic live performer. So I'm really excited to have uh, Mitch on, really excited to, to, to meet him and, and to talk to him, and for you guys to, uh, to, to meet him as well. Uh, a little bit of business first. You are listening to Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. That website is ludinirockandrollcircus.com. Please check back there often for more uh, interviews like this, as well as our live music podcast once a week it goes live every monday night on facebook uh with my co-host lily v6 of rock rage radio and keith hawkins we have a really good time we pick an interesting topic we play a lot of great hard rock and metal uh, artists that uh, you're probably not hearing on corporate media and uh it's a lot of fun a lot of joking around plus you guys get to uh, chime in live we take your comments and questions as we go along it's a lot of fun and you can find out more about that at ludinirockandrollcircus.com now as i was telling you guys we have uh rocker mitch malloy uh, on the line with us today, uh, a singer, songwriter, uh, just a kind of a real renaissance man, uh, Nebraska, <laughs> New York, Nashville, Los Angeles. He's been everywhere and pretty much done it all. Uh, Mitch Malloy, welcome to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. My pleasure, sir. <laughs> okay. So, Mitch, why don't you tell us um, a little bit about, let's get some background, man. Like, uh, how did you get involved in music I mean, you've been singing I think since a very early age so how did you get initially bit by the music bug um yeah it bit me for sure I, I started I, you know I think it all began actually innocently when I was six years old and I was in first grade and sitting in the back hiding as usual and um the, the the teacher went around and and had everybody sing the same line mm -hmm. you know um and i was almost last because like i said i was hiding in the back <laughs> okay. um and uh yeah i was a shy kid i was the youngest of six kids so oh wow um yeah so i was you know kind of like i just kind of was quiet and tried to keep my head down <laughs> okay. um um so yeah, when it got to me, then this voice that I'd never heard, uh, nobody'd ever heard, came out, and uh, the teacher's jaw literally dropped. And I'll never forget that moment. And uh, that's, I think, it's you know probably one of the first moments, you know, age six, that I felt like I had something that was unique. Um, wow, age six. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a very vivid memory, actually. And so then um, I started singing all the solos in the school, you know, presenta Christmas presentations, and that, you know, that went on and on and on until I graduated <clears throat> high school. So, uh, but I formed my first band when I was 12. I started playing guitar when I was 12. Oh, nice. I formed my first band when I was 12, yeah, and we started, we started rocking early. What uh, yeah. kind of music were you listening to at 12? Um, let's see, uh, I'm thinking Hart and Zeppelin and, um, God, you know, Grand Funk and... The classic um, rock era of rock. To yeah, all the great, cla and there was so much of it, you know, and it, it still holds up to this day, so, uh, yeah, I mean, just all that stuff, all the, you know, Aerosmith, all the stuff that was great yeah what uh what vocalists like really kind of like rang your bell that you went like yeah like when you sang their stuff or listened to their stuff it really kind of like moved you made you like really want to you know get out there i think um probably the very first one was ann wilson from heart mm. and uh and and then it went from there you know uh robert plant uh robin zander from cheap trick um uh derek st holmes ted nugent um 
Freddie, obviously yeah, the yeah, Queen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there's so many right, of them. I right. mean, uh, you know. I mean, so, so, so when you got Paul so, Rogers, right? Oh, of course. So when you, so yeah. when you, so you get out of, so you get out of school. What, what's what's the next move? Is, do, do you do do you do the college thing, or do you like you know I'm off to be to rock stardom? Like what? What's yeah. Next, well, what happens? That's a good question because <clears throat> really that, that's all I wanted to do was just to go and pursue the rock and roll. Um, and my father was a judge and a, a law, you know, a lawyer and then became a judge. And he was a federal judge actually. And, um, oh, wow. he was very, str- he was, he was in the military, he was a Colonel, you know, in the, in the military and, um, he was a very strict dude. And, um, he did not want me going into music at all. Like he had tried it a little bit when he was a kid, he played sax in a band. Mm. And he loved, 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 loved music. I mean, it was really a, probably his first love, but he was scared to pursue it mm. um, and scared for me, you know. But I, so I kind of made a compromise with him and I said, well, how about if I go to music school? Okay. And so he said, so he agreed to that. Mm. So I went to a place called the Cornish, what's called, now it's called Cornish University in Seattle, Washington. Uh, but at the time, it was called the Cornish Institute mm. of Allied Arts, it was called. Yeah, they, but they changed the name. Um, but it's still in operation, as far as I know. And um, it was a big move for me, because I'm actually from North Dakota, right? So Okay, North Dakota, go, not Nebraska. Not Nebraska, I apologize. Yeah, North Dakota, yeah. sorry. Yeah, it's a, it's a common uh, you know, mistake. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so to, to move to Seattle at age, I was still 17, you know, when I, mm. when I got there. I hadn't even turned 18 yet. So that was a pretty scary uh, experience, but a good one, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I learned a lot, learned about singing. Actually, they wanted me to be a, an opera singer. They said I had the goods wow. <laughs> to, to be, yeah. So they started uh, kind of uh, grooming me in that direction because they had a, a big opera department. And um, so I started doing that, and that was cool. And I had developed that whole operatic thing. Um, but then when I left for summer, went home, home and reformed my rock band, I couldn't sing rock anymore. Oh, <laughs> uh, really? So, See, I was going to ask you if like the two, yeah. if the one helps the other, but apparently not. <laughs> yeah, well, not in this case, because mm-hmm. they, they were trying to take me completely away from anything that I knew how to do prior and uh, just using kind of the raw mechanics of yeah. what I had, mm-hmm. what I was born with. And um, they really turned me into this, uh, like I could do it, you know, it was this thing. Um, but yeah, but being able to do that meant that I couldn't do anything else, unfortunately. <laughs> so it took me it took me really a good three months before I could really uh, sing rock any, again. Um, so I never went back to oh, school. Oh, I was going to say, so then you go back to school and like, no, now i got to change yeah, all that again. Yeah, I was like, uh, I saw where this was going. Yeah, you know, I was like, right. hang on a second. If this is going to mean that I can't sing like what, what everybody knows me as, right. you know, yeah. I, I, I could, if I can't do that, then I don't want to do this. Right, so, right. yeah, so I, I, I left school. I, I didn't go back. And um, then I moved to New York uh, that next uh, fall. What was this? And, uh, what was what? What was the situation like for you in New York? I mean, did you go there like knowing anybody, or did you just like here in New York? Here I am. I'm Mitch. I'm ready to rock. Actually, uh, my best friend Tim Wheeler, who's also you know from my hometown, I grew up with. We were best friends since we were five. We started our band together okay. at age at age twelve. Okay, and he he also played guitar and sang. So. Uh, he was going to Princeton. He was a brainiac. So he was going to Princeton and he had a little college band thing that he was doing. And he said, why don't you come and be in my college band? So I, I, I did. I went, that's why, well, it's not the total reason, but it's a big part of the reason why I went to the East Coast because he was there. Yeah. Right? He had a connection. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We were bros. I mean, we grew up, we were like brothers and we still are. So, so, um, I went and did that, but the college band thing didn't really work out, and um, so then I went and started pursuing uh, bands in the club <clears throat> circuit uh, in Jersey, which was huge at the time. What era and, are we talking, Mitch? I don't mean to date you, but can we give us some sort of ballpark oh, era? Oh, no. I, I date me all the time. <laughs> 
I, I, I wear my, I wear my age like a badge, bro. Good. Um, but yeah, but, um, yeah, it was what 19. So we're looking at 1981 something ish. Okay. All right. Two eighty-two. So the drinking age I think was 18 or 19 in Jersey. Ah. And so the kids were out and the clubs were packed. And so I started going out and saw what a massive scene it was. And I looked for a band that I thought needed me and approached them. And about, I don't know, a few months later, I was in their band. So I did that for two years. And that was a cover circuit. Okay. And and so, I that drove me insane. So were you writing I, all this time? Had you been like writing songs at this point? Yeah, I started writing songs when I was twelve. Okay, I mean, when so I, I when you. I when I, yeah yeah when I started my first band, but but I never pursued it like that. My big brother Howard used to always say, "Mitch, you know, if you want to be successful, you have to write your own music." And I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," but I'm twelve. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Come on, bro, give so, me a chance to do something, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to play some Kiss songs, man. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, so I did play some Kiss yeah, songs. I mean, yeah, we had there. we had a really cool cover band. In fact, um, uh, we had a reunion a couple of years ago. The band was called Lightning. We had a reunion a couple of years ago, and we did a little video thing in our hometown, and it's on YouTube. There's a few songs from it on YouTube. It's called. I mean, if you search me and and type in Lightning, you'll you'll see I'm doing it's like some Kiss and some Ted Nugent and some Zeppelin and. It's pretty cool. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so I, I, I two years I did the covers in in Jersey, and then I said that's it. I can't do this anymore. I got to get to where I'm going, and uh, so I left the group that I was in, and uh, you know started pursuing trying to get a manager in New York, which I did, and then a couple of years later I got a deal. But I mean, it took me a long time. I, I didn't know what to do. It took me eight years of being in New York to to get a record deal. So, so how important was it, and what were the sort of criteria? Because I got a lot of other musicians that listen to us, um, yep. and I know the music business <laughs> in '83, yeah. four, whatever, is very different than it is in 2018. <laughs> very different. Yeah. But it's so very what was, different. Is what was the criteria like? Uh, the, the, we, 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 did you have to have a manager? I mean, was that really kind of what was required at that time? And how were you able to attract the manager? Okay, yeah. So, so, you know, t at the time, much more so than now, mm -hmm. it it mattered how you went in. It mattered how you got presented, who okay. presented you. Okay. It, it it really mattered who mm -hmm. presented you. It really did. Like, so I, you know, I was working with a, a different a songwriter, and and uh, we were trying to do something, and he was in new york and he knew a manager and that manager wanted to manage us and then didn't want to manage him and just wanted to manage me and um things didn't work out with me and that guy anyway mm. uh, just conflict conflicting you know musical styles and whatever right and and so i wanted to go on my own and um i didn't want to use that manager uh, so i just you know met more people met more people and eventually i met uh, loud and proud management and they managed lamore in brooklyn and they managed white lion okay a and white lion was starting to do really well and um so they had me audition for them at lamore actually at one afternoon um so i had to so, but, but before my audition, um, the main guy, Richard Sanders, who's still very much in the business, he's not a manager anymore, but um, he runs a, a publishing company, big independent publishing company. I forget the name of it, but I think it's the biggest one in the world. Um, uh, anyway, he, he said, okay, write three songs. When I first got introduced to him, he, you know, liked what he saw, what he heard from me, but he said, okay, go write three songs and come back in a week. Oh, you know, write, write three songs and come back write, in a week. <laughs> yeah. And so I I did. And I went back to his apartment in New York and, you know, I went 
had back in and, and sat with him and he listened to the songs while I sat there. And then he said to me, okay, so uh, what are your goals? And nobody would ever asked me that before. And I said, my goals, my goals are to be massively famous, be a huge rock star. And he goes, and you think you can do that? And I said, I'm going to do it. And he goes, okay, go home, write three more songs and come back in a week. And I did that three times. Wow. Wow. And at, after the third time, he said, okay, how fast can you put a band together? And I said, uh, I don't know. He said, well, go put a band together as fast as you can. And I want you to audition for us live. And I said, okay. So I had my buddy Tim play bass. And I went and looked for a guitar player and a, and a drummer. And I found them. And we started rehearsing. And then we went and auditioned for Loud and Proud Management and got it, right? So then they said, okay, we don't want you to play in New York City for two years. So... I mean, this is all really, really, really interesting and good and useful information for anybody why, trying to start. So why, okay, fast stop. Why, why didn't they want you, maybe you're going to explain it. Why didn't they want you to play in New York City for two years? What was the... Yeah, I, I was getting to I'm that. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, because that blew my I, mind. <laughs> no, I was qualifying. I was just qualifying the story because gotcha. this, is a sto this is a really good uh, sort of template story for people trying to break into the business and uh, and granted some of the story and some of the technique or whatever is dated now right course, but right. Uh, but it's but a lot of it still applies hmm. so okay and, and i've tried to because i mentor kids and i produce kids and i i try to help kids and bring kids up and i and i share these things with them because they still apply hmm. because the, because people always want especially artists they always think they're ready now Right. And they're not. Mm. And most of the time, they're not. They're not. Like, for them to be exposed to the industry before it's time is completely shooting themselves in the foot. Mm. And they don't get that because yeah. their ego won't allow them to re <laughs> realize that they're not ready. Right? But, but what he was saying to me is, you're not ready. Right? So instead of me being an egotistical idiot... And, and saying, what do you mean I'm not ready? I said, okay, what do I need to do? Like, you want me to jump? How high, sir? How high should I jump? Right. What, what can I do to make, to make, you know, for me to be the guy that's ready, right? So he said, okay, here's what you do. You go play in Jersey, play in Connecticut, you, know, you play in Long Island, you play in Brooklyn, but you do not play in Manhattan. And I said, okay. So I played everywhere in the Tri-City area, and it got to the point where the labels started calling him. And they're like, we want to see this, Malloy. What is this? What We keep hearing about this. What's going on? And he said, nope, you can't see it yet. Okay. Right? So yeah. that, was his, that was his technique, and it worked. So, so – you know, so eventually we would hear that the A and R guys were coming to see the shows. Yeah. <laughs> they were they were traveling. You know, yeah. to, they were they were leaving Manhattan to come and see us, which you know aggressive A and R guys would do. So, so yeah, I mean that's that's how that worked. And then uh, we had RCA and A and M both wanting to sign me, and um, and and. That happened. It took about almost two years, not quite a year and a half, something like that. Wow. So, so he built up a sort of um, like a mystique around you, and a and a, and a bit yes. of, and a bit of scarcity. Like, well, no, Mitch really isn't available for New York City. You have, you know, when he's not ready yet, he's not there. You can't. I, I was in his office, and he was talking to the A and R guy from Atlantic and I'm mm -hmm. not going to name any, I'm not going to name any names, right, but I know I exactly, you. exactly who it was. And, and he asked about me and I heard him go, Oh, the million dollar kid. Whoa. You want to talk about the million dollar kid like that? And I was, I kind of looked at him like, is he talking about me? <laughs> and then he goes, and then he goes, you can't have him. 
And I couldn't hear what was happening on the other side of the phone. But I was sitting there, my jaw dropped. And he goes, you've already got White Lion. You've already got, you know, whoever was on Atlantic Skid Row, I think. Were they on Atlantic? I I don't remember. Mm -hmm. But you've already got this one. He named groups that were sort of like me. Okay. He goes, you you don't need Mitch Malloy. You don't need Malloy, whatever. And so I was just kind of looking at him like, and he hung up and I was like, who was that? (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, uh, Richard, Richard Sanders is, is he's a genius. Honestly, I thought it then, I thought it then and I think it now. And I, and I, you know, I, I kind of, you know, was upset with him for a while because he actually quit managing me. Um, which, which is a, a, a sad story and unto itself. He had a, a massive opportunity to go work for Clive Davis. Yeah, oh yeah. At, at Arista, mm-hmm. so he left. He left management and went into the label world. And um, yeah, so and that that was a, kind of the beginning of the end for me when when I lost him because I never really gained another guy that was that good, you know, and believed in you like that much. You know, he's telling yeah, other it, people, this is the million dollar kid. No, you can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I never, yeah, I never had that again, right? That's, so, yeah. so I suffered because of that. But, you know, he had to do what he had to do. And, you know, I resented him for a long time. But of course, you know, time heals. Of course. And, uh, so what, so how and, did you, how did we end up getting to Nashville? What's this, how, what, what, what happens here? Um... I had come here uh, to write for the second album. Okay. Uh, no, I no, I'd come here. No, I came here first. I came here first because they put me through media training. You know, back when the labels had just money to burn. Okay. All right. <laughs> they would, they would, they would take their priority acts, which I, you know, was absolutely one of, um, and they would do all this stuff just to give you all the advantages possible, right? Right. So. There was a there was a thing called media tra- media training, and one of the best people that did it was here, in Nashville. Okay. And so they flew me down to Nashville, and that was my first time seeing Nashville. And I actually wrote with Bill Lloyd while I was here. Um, Bill's a great writer producer, and um, and I really dug it. I was like, wow, I really like this town. It seemed like it was more. It's just all music everywhere, you know. Yeah. It was kind of just it. I just seemed I liked the vibe, and so um, I had first come here. And that was had to be in nineteen ninety, I think, ish. Okay. Yeah, because I I signed my deal in nineteen ninety. So yeah, something like that. Ninety ninety one. I think I was here writing, and I thought, wow, why don't I live here? This is cool. So from that moment, that kind of seed was planted in my mind, and I was. Kind of planning from that moment on to to come here okay yeah. <clears throat> at this point maybe we should take we should talk about <laughs> eddie and alex and the boys uh <laughs> why don't we go ahead and just kind of because uh uh it, those some of you may not know uh mitch's uh <laughs> relationship is uh uh with the with the van halen brothers but um there is a connection here so and it's an interesting story um i'm not gonna just go ahead just go ahead and give us the sort of uh you guys can find this it's on it's on youtube he's told this story before but it's a very interesting story so why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit about this and then i want to talk about what you have going on now because that because that's really what's 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 going on so go ahead just give the story a little bit yeah so, so to, to begin with, I've got to do what I always do and, and point, point people to the documentary. There is a documentary done on this, and it's called Mitch Malloy, Van Halen's Lost Boy. And it's on YouTube, like you just mentioned. Yeah. And um, the company that did the documentary is a video company out of D.C., and they had heard about the, 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 the owner of the company is actually from North Dakota. Okay. So – he and he we were buddies uh from years ago so he'd heard about it because you know my inside circle knew about it right (laughs) so he had been coming at me asking me to do this documentary from the beginning and i said no i said no for 10 years and then i had a kid and then i got married then i had a kid and i started thinking you know i should probably tell the story just so it's documented you know right because 
you know, because I had a kid, and you know, you start thinking about the kid when they grow up and when you're gone and that kind of stuff, right? And y- your your legacy with your kid and all that. So I did it more for her, really, than for anyone else. I mean, certainly more for her than I did it for me. I didn't think it would do anything for me, really, except that just people would know, right? Um, so, and I didn't expect. Berger to do such an amazing job on the documentary. I mean, he did an amazing job. It's very good. It's it's very yeah, very it's good. We're going to touch on it, it <clears throat> today, but if you guys should definitely watch Mitch Malloy Van Han's Lost Boy, it's really yes. well done. Right. So so I bring that up because it's 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 better than I am talking about it. Right. <laughs> okay. So so we're going to get the but, Reader's Digest condensed version. Is what we're going to get. Right. So, so yeah, so I got here, I'd just been here in Nashville for a few months and I got a phone call, um, from Steve Hoffman, the late Steve Hoffman, sadly. Um, Steve was my road manager, uh, tour manager and my day to day guy. Um, and, uh, for, for years while I was on RCA. And so, so we were super close to the point where, when he got the offer to go work with Ray Daniels in Canada, um, he called me and asked me, "What do you think?" Because uh, because Steve was a New Yorker, and you know New Yorkers are like nothing's like New York, and New York is the best, and da 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 da. And you know, and Steve was very much that guy, and a great guy. I miss him terribly, but he called me and said, what do you think? It, you know, I'm like, well, who is this guy? And he said, well, it's Ray Daniels. He managed Rush from the very beginning and he has a big company and he has his own label. And, and I said, wow, that sounds, you know, and it's Toronto. And I said, that sounds cool. Toronto's cool. I mean, yeah, you're from New York, but I said, it sounds like a really good opportunity. Why don't you go? So he did. And a few months later he called and said, um, are you sitting down? And I said, no, but I will. So I sat down. And I said, I'm like, what is it? And he goes, have you signed anything with anyone? I'm like, not yet, but things are, things are percolating. Things are looking really good. You know, I'm going to sign a publishing deal and there's a label here that wants me and so on and so forth. He said, don't sign anything. I'm like, and why wouldn't I do that? Okay. And he, and he says, because you're going to be the next singer in Van Halen. And I was like, what? <laughs> Out of the blue. You know. <clears throat> yeah, and I'm like, okay. And he goes, no, listen, I'm serious. He goes, Sam is on the outs, and you're the guy. I, I, I pitched you to Ray, and he flipped out. And he pitched you to the band, and they flipped out, and you're the guy. And I'm like, okay um this is a strange phone call uh and so he goes i'm serious but he went on and on and on and on like steve does and it was awesome i I wish i had it on on tape but um so so yeah then he called me the next day and then he called me the next day and then he called me the next day (laughs) and i was like steve seriously um okay i get it i get it but i mean if this is really for real you got to have ray or you got to have ed call me or you know something he goes okay so the next day ray called and then the next day ed called oh wow and it was on and um in fact i i went on vacation actually before ed called i I take that back. That's not quite right. I went on vacation. I told Ray, listen, I'm going on vacation. I'm going to the lake house in Minnesota uh, with my girlfriend, and we'll be back on this date. And then, you know, why don't I talk to Ed when I get back, and then we'll figure out when I should come. He said, great. So somehow Ed was uh, early on the call. I think he misunderstood that I'd be back a day sooner than I was. So when I got back to my place in, in Nashville, Ed had left me three messages on my answering machine. Ed, this is Ed, as in Edward Van Halen. Yeah. Edward yes. Van Halen Ed. leaves you three <laughs> messages. And you just you didn't get around to calling him back because you just happened to be out of town. 
I, he's I was that in, hungry I was, for you that he's leaving messages for you. <laughs> yeah, I was in transit, right? So I was, and I, I think that part got cut out of the documentary. Um, but but it was like, hello, this is Ed Word Van Halen, and like I don't know if you know if you've heard Ed talk much, but I had never, I don't think I'd ever heard him speak really until he was on my answering machine. And it was like he sounds he kind of talks like a pirate, which I mean in the best in the best possible in the best possible way. Like like if you could be the greatest rock guitar player of all time and when you talk you sound like a pirate, it's like I mean, how cool is that? So so I have this pirate talking on my answering machine and it's Ed Van Halen. He's like, it's Ed it's Edward Van Halen and I mean that's how he sounds. So I can't really do his voice because I'm a first tenor and he's not, but <laughs> okay. I have a high voice and he doesn't, the translation to that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, I was freaking out. And, and so the next day I, I'm like, okay, so I, I can't really sleep very well because I know the next day I have to call him back because I get, I, I get home at like 1 a.m. Right. Like it was late, right? There's no way I was calling him then. I was fried. I've been traveling all day. And so I get up the next day and I'm like, when should I call him? When should I call him? Well, it's earlier there, so I can't call him too early. I don't want to wake him up. So I waited until 1 o'clock Nashville time to call him back, which was the longest hours <laughs> of my life. <laughs> I mean, the anticipation was like, ah! And it was the most awkward phone call ever, you know, <laughs> on both on both of our ends. I mean, he was nervous. I was nervous. It was, it was hilarious. But um, yeah, so we had a conversation, and it was mostly a good conversation, and and we planned a time for me to come, and I think it was like a week a week from that day. Yeah, yeah. So I flew out. They flew me first class, picked me up in a limo. I went straight to fifty one fifty, and uh, started singing. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, twas not meant to be. Ultimately. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so also when I when I because pulled up in the limo, Van Halen's out no, there. To, you're not in Van Halen right now. <laughs> no, no, exactly. But when I have to, but but let me just give you another sure, visual, right? Sure. So I pull up in the limo, and the the limo goes up like fifty one fifty is at the top of the hill. Okay. Ed's for the for, you go in the gate. Then on the left is his garage where he keeps his sports cars, and then up a little bit like maybe you know. Uh, 10 yards, 20, 15 yards up from that, his house is on the right. And then you keep going up the driveway and then the studio is up on the right. So it's a set, three separate structures. I, uh, oh, actually four. There's a, the garage on the left and the guest house on the left. Gotcha. Then the, then the house <laughs> on the right, then the studio on the right. So there's four structures. At least there were at that time. I don't know okay. what it looks like now, but I think he... Didn't he sell that? I, I don't know. Anyway, I haven't spoken to him in a while. So, so anyway, when I pull up to the studio, they're all in a line in 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 front of the studio outside waiting. Like it's a Van Halen lineup. <laughs> okay. I just have to say that because the visual was yeah. like, oh my god, what is even happening right now? So like when I got out of the car. Other you know, world, almost around. like otherworldly, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was just like it's. I have to paint the picture because it was just like, can you even imagine this? So I get out of the limo, and Ed, you know, breaks rank, comes, you know, he Ed steps towards me, you know, kind of hugs me, and and takes my sunglasses and puts them up, and he looked because I had my sunglasses on because it's L.A., you know, right. sunny and right. yeah. He puts my sunglasses up and he looks in my eyes and he goes, "Okay, I just had to see your eyes. Cool." He puts the sunglasses back down. Okay. <laughs> All right. Right. So anyway, yeah. So you know, I was in Van Halen for a second, and now I'm not. And there it is. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, you guys can get the full story at um, uh, by by checking out uh, Mitch Malloy Van Halen's Lost Boy. And right. um, but I, I'm really glad because you do some great music and you've done a lot of great work, uh, you know, post that whole experience. So why don't we talk a little bit about this? Uh, you released Making Noise, which we're going to play a, a track from here in, in a minute. Um, and this is 
now you've always worked with other uh, songwriters and producers, et cetera, along with what you're doing. Now you, as I understand, you did this whole record on your own. Yeah, I just produced uh, a couple of bands and I think a solo artist, which is what I do. That's my day job. I'm doing that right now, as a matter of fact. Um, so I had gotten to the point where I've always been a multi-instrumentalist, right? I mean, I've always been like sort of adequate at at the kind of bare bones rock instruments, you know, yeah. drums, bass, mm-hmm. keyboards, percussion, guitar, uh, vocals, obviously. Um and I'd gotten to the point where I was playing so many things on these records uh, that I was kind of doing everything. Like, not not that I was playing everything on the records, but I was, you know, occasionally playing this or playing that right. to the point where to the point where I was playing every instrument, you know, at adequately, some point, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah right, at right. some point on right. the record, yeah, right. <clears throat> so, so I thought. I, I could probably and and it is funny because I'm really good buddies with with Bruno Ravel from Danger Danger and he'd been saying for years I mean we're like tight he'd been saying for years dude I don't understand why you just don't make your own records I'm like well I do what do you mean he goes no I mean like by yourself like you play everything you write songs like why don't you just write the songs and make records just by yourself and I'm like well that's not very rock and roll Bruno <laughs> and he's like he goes, so what? Just do it. So I, I was kind of chicken to do it, honestly. Yeah. So I got to the point where I felt like I could do it finally. And um, so I did. I thought, let me try it. So I tried. I did it on one song. Life Has Just Begun was the first song I wrote for the record. And I was really happy with the way that came out. And then My Therapy was the second song I wrote for the record and wrote and, and recorded. So I did them one at a time. Okay. And I thought, well, that turned out pretty good. I think that's one of the best songs I've probably ever written. So I thought, yeah, I think I could do this. So I just kept going, and I just made a whole record all by myself. Well, I just want to point out, guys, that there's a great video to My my Therapy um, yeah. out there. It's really fun. And you see Mitch rocking out, singing, playing guitar, bass, you know, <clears throat> the whole thing. It's a very cool video, but we're going to uh, play these uh, the the upcoming single. Are we gonna? Are you yeah. gonna do? A, is there a video? Are you making a video to speak of the devil? Or I'm going to make a video for speak of the devil. Yeah, it's I, I've done a couple of different polls, you know, on Facebook and stuff, and I ask people what song, and 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 a lot of different songs get voted, which is nice, of course. you know. But uh, but speak of the devil seems to be the one that kind of it keeps kind of uh, knocking on me like and scratching at me like yeah. because do speak of the devil so and it, it did get a lot of votes and people seem to really like it and it's very it's very rock and uh the f- funny story when you listen to the song there's the last note that i hold out and i hold it out for a very 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 long time i actually passed out <laughs> well what's actually, more rock and roll than that <laughs> nothing that was my that I wish I had video of that because that was my most rock and roll moment probably in my whole life. Like I, I hit the floor like, and the, like, when I woke up, I was like, "Holy crap, I'm on the floor!" Like I passed Still out. Still recording, you know. You're. Yeah, like I held the notes too long. Obviously, yeah, well, my body, that my body said, "Okay, that's it." That's all you got. <laughs> yeah, that's all you got. Clunk. So, well, well anyway. speaking speaking of that, let's play a little bit of Speak of the Devil. This is uh, we're actually a little bit. We're going to play the song Speak of the Devil, Mitch Malloy on the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus.
Okay, so yes, real rock and roll, and you've got some other great tracks like uh, "My Therapy" on the record. And um, are you still at heart, even though you're a Nashville guy? And I know Nashville's got all kind of music. I, I you know, yeah. but but at heart, I mean, you're, are, you you still feel like this is my home, rock and roll. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm I'm you know, you give me a, an acoustic guitar and. You know, ask me to sing a song. I'm I'm really comfortable with the whole kind of James Taylor-ish kind of thing. Yeah, that's uh, definitely in, in the fabric of who I am as a musician. That's a big part of of who I am. But um, I really enjoy rock the most. I mean, it's it's kind of what gets my blood pumping. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, even when people ask me to do acoustic stuff now, I kind of sh- I kind of shirk it. I kind of don't do it because I I've done so much of that and it kind of can tags you like as a mellow kind of guy. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and 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 that is yeah, that that's a value and I you know, it's a good thing to have, but that you can pull out when you need it. But but yeah, the rock thing for me has always been you know, it's it's what I grew up it's like on. Your heart and it's soul what, is, yep. Yeah, I mean, it's like, and, and anybody who gets to know me can can recognize that really quick. Like, if they have any doubts, they are like, "Dude, you are a rocker." <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Um, just, let's 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 talk a little bit about uh, before we wrap up today. I wanna I wanna touch on your day job um, and some of the artists that you have that you're working with. Um, now and could you kind of maybe give us a little bit of uh, foreshadowing about some of the artists you're, that you the, some of the young ones that you're working with that you feel are like really going to be carrying the rock the rock and roll torch. Um, actually, I don't have any of those right <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'm producing a girl who's kind of Adele. Okay, so that's not, it's not yeah, rock, rock and roll. And roll not really rock and roll. Yeah, um, and I'm producing a guy who is rock and roll, but he's like a he's a rodeo champion, and he's a cow, total cowboy. Like he wow. he owns a ranch and lives on the ranch, and that's what he does. But his stuff is very rock and roll. His name is Benny Paulson. Hmm. Um, I mean, he wears a cowboy hat and Wranglers. But I'm like, dude, you should be a country artist. He's like, no, I want to rock. So. We're making a rock CD on him. Cool. And and uh, I've got a a duo out of Canada called Bryden, that's going to be rock or sort of country rock. Okay. Or you know classic rock with some country elements. Um, that's coming up. I haven't started them yet. So and then there's a country guy I'm working with. Um, so not again not rock. I, I did a lot of rock a couple of years ago, but. Um, and I will be doing more in the future. I mean, yeah. I'm going to make a new record. I'll make a new record myself. Yeah. Uh, probably at the end of the year, but, awesome. but yeah, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, it comes in waves. Sometimes right. it's all, sometimes it's all rock and then sometimes it's not rock. So how do you, how do you, how do people usually, because maybe there might be some people listening going like, Oh, I really like to work with Mitch. So let's do a little sort of, how does that happen? um it happens a lot fortunately (laughs) um yeah i mean i'm kind of stacked up right now as you can hear i got a whole bunch of things going on so so yeah so how the how it works is they have to contact me and you know they have to decide to do it obviously after the terms are discussed and and then i get them in the queue um get them on the schedule and then generally they're not from here i mean every once in a while i work with an artist that is here Mm. but but generally they're not from here and so everything starts with a song and i and i didn't touch on that before when you asked me sort of what it took because i kind of got side railed on what it took to to make it back then or to get in Mm -hmm. and it was it was all about the song back then Mm. it was all about that's what got richard sanders my manager excited when he heard my song Forever off my debut record, that was the first song that made him go, hey, now we got something. Yeah. And that that's when he started talking to the labels about the Million Dollar Kid. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> right? It was all about the song. And and it, and it is for me. I mean, and I think the, the, the art of the song has kind of gotten lost 
and I don't hear a lot of great songwriting, unfortunately. Um, but for me, it's all about the song. And so, so that's how I approach it with my artists. Some artists um, bring their own and yeah. have their own, and I tweak them a bit. And, but some are, don't have their own, so we write them together. So I get with them on Skype, and we write. We write, mm. and we write, and we write. And then when we've got enough songs, songs that are worthy of being on a record, then we start making the record. So that's that's how it works. When a new artist comes to me, I listen to what they've got, and sometimes they've got it, and so we just put it on the books, and we and we go. And sometimes they don't have it, and we write it, and so then we have it. <sighs> wow. I mean, this has been like one of the most like mind blowing, informative, educational, moving, <laughs> touching, like interviews I've done. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So, so thanks a lot. I, and I really appreciate all the time you're giving us, but if you could just to hear at the end, just go ahead and plug everything, like <laughs> go ahead and put all your stuff out there. So like if people are interested in, in everything you have going on, they know where to find you and can check out and listen to your music, et cetera. Go ahead. Okay. Well, um, I would like to say that I just played, well, I, I I don't do a lot of shows. I'm going to start doing more shows now. My my agent is Sullivan Big Big Entertainment in, mm -hmm. in LA in LA, and we spoke yesterday actually. And <clears throat> I guess my showing on the uh, Monsters of Rock cruise was really successful, and uh, people liked it, and and the organizers really liked me, I guess. And and so I've gotten a great response from that. And so he's asking me if I want to do more shows, and I said yes. I did M3 uh, last year and Monsters of Rock cruise, and now we're going to start getting me some more shows. So watch for me on the road. I, I don't have anything booked that I can talk about yet. Gotcha. Uh, there, there is some stuff booked, but I can't say. But um, uh, so yeah, that's exciting. And then I think my website really kind of has everything there. It's just MitchMalloy.com. Simple. Um, that kind of tells the tale. It's got all the pertinent videos and all that. And we will be shooting a new video for Speak of the Devil coming up here. It's not on the books yet because I'm crazed in the studio. But but <laughs> hopefully we'll get that we'll get that done. You know, in the next month or so. Hopefully. Excellent, um, guys. Yeah. If you want to, don't miss uh, Mitch's website either because there's a lot of great uh, content there. Some really cool videos. Um, the badass versions of uh, some some cover tunes too. Um, I think it's uh, you guys are doing out on the tiles at the Bonzo Bash. I think that's what. The, the oh yeah. And there's a cool m mashup with one of your songs. And um, the journey, uh, Stone and oh, Love. Oh yeah, that, and yeah, it's, yeah. The recording and everything, the, the video is—it's like it, it's mind blowing. It's the it's, is that the that's is that okay? Just one singer to another. Is are you singing that in the original key, Stone and Love? Uh, yeah, that was done a while wow, ago. So wow. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe yeah. <laughs> I don't like, know because I was like humming along with it. I'm like, I think it, I think it suckers in the original key. Holy cow! No man, it's 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 great. So guys, don't don't miss don't make sure you go to MitchMalloy dot com and check out everything there because uh, it's all there. You can find it everything that's going on. Mitch, yep. uh, I got to wrap up the podcast now. Do you got one yep. second? to do a little wee bit of business for you with you as soon as we're done. I just need you for another minute. You got a minute to hang out? Yeah, man. I'm all good. right, awesome, guys. Uh, what a great story the mitch malloy story i mean and please check out uh mitch malloy van halen's lost boy on youtube um to for the conclusion we kind of left you a little cliffhanger there but i wanted <laughs> to leave you guys thirsting for more so you go check that out but uh mitch is a dynamite uh, producer singer songwriter uh live performer so if you get a chance to catch him on one of these um cruises or bashes the different things he's involved in make sure that you go see him uh mitchmalloy.com is a website guys you've been listening to ludini rock and roll circus our website is ludini rock and roll circus.com please check back often for updates if you want a little bit more behind the scenes stuff you want a little uh you know know a little bit more about rock and roll how, how riffs are put together what happens in the studio and stuff like that join me in my inner circle you want to go to lulombardimusic.com backslash inner circle we got a private uh, facebook group there you mix it up you get to know a lot of other really cool people that love great rock and roll that is lulombardimusic.com backslash inner circle it's been a great day a lot of fun i just feel so blessed to have had a chance to sit and talk with mitch today so guys one more time mitch's website is mitchmalloy.com 
Guys, it doesn't matter, man, if you are in North Dakota, Los Angeles, <laughs> New York City, Nashville, man, just keep one thing in mind. No matter where you go, you, my friend, yes, you are the revolution. Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you on the next podcast. <laughs>